I've been diving into the case of Nicola Bully for the last couple days by request. 45-year-old mom Nicola Bully has been missing from the UK since January 27th of this year. Her two children who are six and nine are wondering where their mummy is and haven't seen her in 21 sleeps. They're wondering why she's lost. Authorities think that Nicola just went into the river. That's their main working theory. And what was supposed to be a regular day of dropping the kids off, going to the park to walk the dog Willow, and climbing onto a work meeting online turned out to be anything but a regular day. In a 10 minute span, Nicola vanished. What happened to Nicola Bully? Did she fall into the river? Did she go in there voluntary or involuntary? Was she abducted? Or did she just simply walk off leaving her life behind? Her friends say that's not the case. Her loved ones say that's not the case. Today, we're gonna to talk about the 12 important aspects to the Nicola Bully case. So now, let's get into it. Number one is Nicola's status, or Nikki, as her loved ones like to call her. It was said by the authorities on February 15th that Nicola was high risk with specific vulnerabilities. They didn't wanna get into it that day during the press conference because they said they wanted to respect the family. However, just hours later, they changed their tune. They said that Nicola had issues with alcohol as told by her partner, Paul Ansel, and the alcohol issues were brought on by hormonal issues due to menopause, and Nicola was struggling. And on January 10th, just 17 days before her disappearance, the authorities were called to her house for a welfare check, although no arrests were made. The authorities said, sadly, it is clear from speaking to Paul, her partner, and the family that Nicola had in the past suffered with some significant issues with alcohol, which were brought on by her ongoing struggles with menopause, and that these struggles had resurfaced over recent months. This caused some real challenges for Paul and the family. It is an unusual step for us, they said, to take to go into this level of detail about someone's private life. But we felt it was important to clarify what we meant when we talked about vulnerabilities to avoid any further speculation or misinterpretation. We have explained to Nicola's family why we have released this information and we ask that their privacy is respected at this difficult time. The family then made a statement and they said, it's now been three weeks since Nikki went missing. We as a family believe that the public focus has become distracted from finding Nikki and more about speculation and rumors into her and Paul's private life. As a family, we are aware beforehand that Lancashire Police last night released a statement with some personal details about our Nikki. Although we know that Nikki would not have wanted this, there are people out there speculating and threatening to sell stories about her. This is appalling and needs to stop. The police know the truth about Nikki and now the public need to focus on finding her. Due to the perimenopause, Nikki suffered with significant side effects such as brain fog, restless sleep, and was taking HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy, to help, but this was giving her intense headaches, which caused Nikki to stop taking the HRT, thinking that may have helped her, but only ended up causing this crisis. The public focus has to be on finding her and not making up wild theories about her personal life. Despite what the media outlets and individuals are suggesting, we are being updated daily and receive support from our family liaison officers. Nikki is such a wonderful daughter, sister, partner, and mother, and is missed dearly. We all need you back in our lives. Nikki, we hope you are reading this and know that we love you so much and your girls want a cuddle. 
We all need you home. You can reach out to us or you can contact missingpeople.org.uk. Don't be scared. We all love you so very much. Now, one of the things that I can speak to is these hormone issues. I'm not a doctor. This is my personal experience. When you're going through this, the brain fog is real, the restless sleep, the hot flashes. Oh my gosh, the hot flashes are brutal. You could be sitting there. I, I'm a girl that I love plus 40 degrees, so I thought, oh, maybe when I get to that point, it won't be too bad. You know, hot flash, I love being warm. Wrong. It is the worst thing ever. It's like you're burning up from the inside all over. It comes, you know, in a flash, literally, and you feel like sticking yourself in the freezer. It's that bad. And it's not fun. With the hormone replacement, I've been on different therapies in my past, and sometimes our bodies, when taking these hormones, they don't convert properly. So what's supposed to help this restless sleep, this brain fog, this, um, you know, flashes, even depression or things like that, does the complete opposite. For example, I took something where I was prescribed and all of a sudden my happy-go-lucky demeanor turned into a complete, you know, Freddy Krueger, so to speak. I was on the train, uh, I was going from work, and I literally could bite somebody's head off because all of a sudden I felt like almost like this, what you would see the roid rage happen with bodybuilders. It felt like that. And so I go into the doctors and they're like, oh gosh, you're not converting properly. We need to fix this right away. Do you think? <laughs> I feel for Nikki if she's going through this. Now you add alcohol on top of this and you can add hot flashes. You could add, this is not going to make it better. She may not have realized it. We don't know. We don't know the circumstance around it, but this could have made things even worse and she feeling even worse, not realizing it's the alcohol. So it's not a pleasant experience. I'm actually the same age as Nikki, and you're going through all these emotions on top of it while you're going through this process. It's not fun. Now let's get to number two, the three scenarios the authorities have given. Number one, she fell into the river. Number two, she left voluntarily, and number three, she was abducted. Now that main working theory is that she fell into that river. Even though experts are saying who scoured that river that they don't believe she's in the water. The authorities stated there is not a single piece of information or evidence to suggest there is any third party involvement or that Nicola has left those fields. In a minute, we're gonna talk about a few other factors that I find a little bit of a head scratcher. But if she did fall into that river, it would be natural to ask, well, wouldn't the dog, Willow, have jumped in? The dog was reported to be bone dry. And the expert named Peter Falding, he was the one who scoured this river for 72 hours and three or four miles long, I believe it was. He says, this is the most baffling case I've ever worked on. It's his professional opinion that Nicola's body would have been seen if it had floated any further downstream on the day she disappeared. He says if she had gone into the water, she would have landed on the rocks. And he says that her body would have sunk very quickly and remained nearby if she'd gone in. He also said the rocks by the bank, which would have been just under two feet of water, he says, if she went in there, she could have simply stood up if she'd fallen down. It goes really deep, but that edge, he's saying, there's something wrong here. There's something weird. He was talking about a log and he says, the log stayed at the point for 20 minutes and actually spiraled and went up six feet 
and came back to the same place. The river on the day was slightly higher, it was about a foot higher, but I'd be very surprised in my experience if she was there as a body usually goes to the bottom very quickly. He said if Nicola slipped down the bank, she would have landed in about two feet of water, but onto rocks and she could have stood up. I think the worst mistake the police have made was to declare early on that she's in the river rather than saying, let's keep the lines of inquiry open. This is a lady who knew this area intimately. She was slim and fit. And if she had fallen, she could have grabbed onto the bank. Now she was also wearing quite a few layers of clothing. She's only five foot three. And so there's other experts are saying, you know, this could have weighed her down. However, Peter Falding didn't find her. And the family said early on that they don't believe she's in the river. Her partner, Paul said, how are we even in this? We're good people. Personally, I'm 100% convinced it's not the river. That's my opinion. Whatever has happened in my eyes has to be somebody who knows the local area, who knows that. And the fact that nothing's been seen or heard, I just truly believe that it's something in the village. Her friend said that Nicola's an incredibly strong swimmer. She says, I know that river well, walked it many times. I know where I can stand and where I can't stand. She knew the same thing. She says, I know Nicola and there's only two possibilities, that she was abducted or fell in the river as the police believe. She says, there's no way that Nicola would have gone off on her own and left her daughters behind. No one knows at the moment and that is why we're here to make people aware. With this new news, of alcohol and the issues Nicola was apparently facing, Peter Falding, the specialist who was looking for her, is livid. He's saying, if she had jumped in, intended to take her own life or walk off, that would change my whole plan. She could have ended up in the sea. He wasn't told about this very uh, important aspect to the case. He says, I find it absolutely outrageous. This was not shared with me. It's disgraceful and someone needs to take responsibility for this. He said, it's one thing for him to be given this information, another to announce it to the public. He says, from my point of view, this information should never have been made public this afternoon at all. It's not fair. If we were giving that information on the search, she is a vulnerable miss per missing person which is normal for me to get that information and she's had alcohol issues, etc. I'm not going to tell you. He says, if I'm told to keep quiet, I keep it between us. Our whole approach to the media may have been different from day one. And he's wondering now if there's other information being held from the police. He says, do they know something else again that they're not telling us? Is there another snippet of information here that actually we don't know? He said he would have done things a lot differently knowing this information. And now we're on day 21, going on day 22 in the UK, and still no Nicola. Now, another expert was talking about this and said, it may help explain both why the police have been so apparently confident in their working hypothesis that she ended up in the river and why she was reported missing to the police by her partner so soon after her dog and phone have been found. And an ex-police officer was talking about this theory as well and says, missing persons reports are categorized in accordance with the very detailed guidance issued by the College of Policing. And they say that the categories range from low risk where any risk to either the missing person or others is possible but minimal, through medium risk, where it is likely but not serious, to high risk, where serious harm is very likely. And serious harm is defined by a life-threatening or traumatic harm from which recovery, physical or psychological, is expected to be difficult or impossible. Now, number three was her phone was left behind on a bench. She was still logged into that work call. It was on mute, the camera was off, and in the press conference by the authorities, they said that she was actually holding her phone in front of her, watching this call and listening in. Number four 
is her dog Willow was running back and forth in that area where their bench was. And the person who found Willow said that the dog looked worried so I tied her up and rushed home as I had to go to an appointment. She then went on to say that two other dog walkers came up came across the phone, recognized the screensaver photo. This person who initially found the phone and the dog went to speak to her daughter-in-law and she said she immediately knew the dog was, then alerted Paul and then that was it, the police were on it. According to some experts about this dog, they said, we dealt with a drowning a couple years ago where a gentleman went into a river and Ripley, his dog, was screaming by the riverbank when we got there. When we arrived, it was howling and literally pointing exactly where he was. He stayed with his owner. There was no screams that were heard in this. And it was also said that Willow was found not between the bench and the river, but the bench and the gate for where you walk. So these are very interesting aspects to it. Any was bone dry. We don't know, would he have gone in? Wouldn't he have gone in if she went in there? But I find this a very interesting and confusing aspect. Let me know what you think below. Now let's go to number five. She literally vanished in a 10 minute window. She dropped her children off at 8.26. By 8.43, Nicola walked along the path by the river wire with her dog. 8.50, another dog walker who knows Nicola saw her on the lower field, that's what they call that, along with their dog. Their dogs interacted and then they went on their separate ways. By 8.53, Nicola sends an email to her boss. Four minutes later, 8.57, Nicola sends a text to a friend to set up a play date for their kids. And at 9.01, Nicola logged into a Microsoft Teams work call. By 9.10, Nicola was seen on the upper field along the river walking her dog. Willow was off the lead and Nicola would take the harness off of Willow and, you know, walk the dog and then when they're ready to leave, she'd put it back on. This was said to be the last sighting of Nicola. So at 9.10, she's walking in this upper field. By 9.20, it was said that she's moving towards this bench area. And the authorities said Nicola's phone remained in this proximity to the bench where it would be later recovered 10 minutes later. And that team call ended, however, the phone remained logged onto the meeting, muted and no video. So 9.30, this team call ended. It said it was on a meeting call and that was still live. It was connected to the conference call and that hadn't been terminated. At 9.33, Nicola's phone was found on the bench face up and her dog running back and forth between the bench and this gate, not between the bench and the river, like I said just earlier. But Willow's harness was found between the bench and the riverside on the ground just two feet away from the bench. Now let's get to number six. There was a red van and there was a comment by the authorities made in the press conference that leaves me a little bit confused. This red van was reported being suspicious around the time that Nicola went missing. And the authorities said they're trying to still track down this van, but they don't believe it was any part of Nicola's disappearance. They don't believe it to be suspicious with the information that they have. Now, obviously we don't know the information they have, but they're still trying to track down the van. So how do they know if they haven't tracked down the van? You know what I'm saying? Have a listen. The red van um, has been reported that it was in the area on the morning of the 27th like many other hundreds of cars that morning. We're really grateful for the witness who has told us about that and we are continuing to make inquiries to try and track down that specific van. But from my perspective, being in possession of all the facts and information of this case, 
I do not believe that to be suspicious, but we are continuing to investigate that so that we can identify whoever was in the area that time to make sure that they can't give us any further information that will assist the investigation. Number seven, there was a derelict house, they said, derelict house that was searched three times. Nicola isn't in there. Plain end of story. Number eight, there was a glove recovered and it was said it was a ski glove that was on a fallen tree branch in the area. It was found by someone who did a TikTok video apparently, but it has been since taken down. The person who shared it said that it was a stained glove, but didn't clarify what was on it. And in the press conference, it said that it was not Nicola's, but the authorities have it in their position. So I'm wondering whose glove this is, why it wasn't been found or taken in, and what kind of stain obviously is it on there, and also who does it belong to and will they actually test it or is it going to be a case where they're not going to test it because they believe she's in the river and this is, you know, not connected. Sometimes, in my opinion, from the three years that I've been doing this, there's some oversights. I will name a case called Justin Evans who I've been fighting for for the last couple years to find out the truth about what happened and things were covered up. Not saying that these guys are covering it up, but why aren't they testing certain things? In Justin's case, there was actually a tent that was found nearby where he was found. His body was found five months after he was killed and this tent was there and they just overlooked it and didn't do anything because they figured he killed himself. Even though magically he appeared in a swamp five months later. Just saying. If you know more about this glove, let me know below. Number nine is Nicola's Fitbit. Now this could have been really important information, but according to the authorities, it hadn't been synced in numerous days. Now I have a Fitbit and it tells me my heart rate. It tells me the time. It tells me uh, if I'm in a fat burning zone. <laughs> I like that. And it tells me all kinds of things in my steps as well. And when I sync it, you can, have like a little report, tells you how you did, you know, you worked out, all these things. It's awesome. What would have been awesome is to find out, you know, was there any steps after this certain amount of time, you know, but it's on Nicola and it's not synced. So I can see all kinds of things on here. Now, don't forget, do you remember the Chris Watts case, even though we don't want to talk about that? And I had a cringe video on that. Check it out below. Um, but in that, Chris got in trouble. He's the one who was convicted for killing his wife, Shanann. And they looked at his Fitbit and he had a very busy, busy, busy morning, the morning of the murders. And it was unusual. So it's too bad they can't get any information and glean from this actual Fitbit. Number 10 is CCTV not working and they're also looking for dash cam footage. In the press conference, the authority said from the iron bridge to the school, there's nothing there, meaning the cameras, which is why it's so important for the dash cam. Because even though they're going to be tiny bite-sized information, they're not going to be as good as CCTV. We need to be able to piece together as much of that road as we can. The other areas have cam around this, uh, you know, river and walking area, but this one part does not. So how do they know for an absolute fact they don't? And there was one other thing where the authorities talked about the Grapes Pub, this pub that if Nicola was uh, gonna go this way, that they would have seen her at this point where this pub is, but there's no cameras and people are putting in their dash cams are gonna have to piece it together. So they can't say, and they're not saying with 100% certainty that she's in the river, but that's their main working theory. Now here's where it gets interesting. Number 11, two men were seen that was reported suspicious. 
Again, weird comments in the press conference, in my opinion. It was reported that two men were acting suspiciously the day before Nicola disappeared on January 26th. <laughs> I'm so hungry. There was reports of two suspicious men the day before Nicola vanished and they were seen outside of a local church, according to these reports. The same witness is, is said to have told officers he saw one of the men in the area of Nicola's usual route on the morning she disappeared, and the witness said they didn't want to be named, but they said that the hooded men were carrying fishing rods and were trying to hide their faces. So my question is, well, where did they go fishing, right? It was very strange, the witness said, it made me uneasy. Now the authorities are saying they're trying to find these individuals and I find it so interesting that this is their response. There's also been mention of a number of fishermen that have been seen that morning who again were described as suspicious. I myself don't find it suspicious that fishermen would be in the area of a river that morning or carrying fishing rods. But there was some suggestion that one of these males might have been looking to cover his face. We have made numerous appeals for these fishermen to come forward. We have made contact with the local angling clubs and we have also um, ascertained the time of the witness passing down that road and checked the CCTV at the Grapes pub which covers that end of Garstang Road and we can't see any of those fishermen at that time on that day. But we are continuing to try and trace these people. Again, I would urge that they are not necessarily suspicious to me but I'm really keen to trace them to make sure that there's no further information that they can give us that will assist. So going back, one of them was reported to attempt to hide their face. Well, the authorities are saying they don't find it suspicious and they're saying there's numerous appeals to come forward, time of witness and check CCTV and we can't see any of those fishermen on that day, but they're continuing to track them and nobody's come forward. It's kind of like Brian Koberger in the Idaho case where they're looking for a Hyundai Elantra and uh, you know, for people to come forward and say, yeah, I have a white Hyundai Elantra, blah, 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 but Brian didn't report it, right? So are these fishermen real? Are they not real? Were they there? Witness said they were. They saw him and they looked suspicious. So why are these fishermen coming forward? And so that leads me to how can they rule out this other stuff when there's some weird crap going on? Let me know what you think below because you got to think about this. I mean, there's a 10 minute window. She completely vanishes. Just so happens there's no CCTV. Two fishermen were said to have been in the area. Was that the red van? Where did they come from? Why are they trying to hide themselves? Is that how the witness interpreted it? Or did they actually try to hide themselves or one of them? Are they involved in something? How can they say it's not suspicious if they haven't even talked to them? That's my issue. Now, number 12 is the detectives explain that Nicola's profile on her social media may show her online. They said not to worry. They said th this will be the police that is doing these in inquiries and nobody needs to be concerned or contact the incident room about this. I want to make this really clear. We have control of this phone. Now it said that the authorities visited more than 300 premises, speaking to almost 300 people and receiving roughly 1500 pieces of information. I want to know, and you probably want to know too, what the heck happened to Nicola Bully? Is she in the sea? Is she in the river? Was she taken? And if that's the case, if she was taken, we got some serious issues, right? Because it's treated from the beginning that she most likely went into the river, they know about this alcohol thing, but what if it's not? 
other experts and detectives are talking about this saying, why wasn't this scene locked down? Why isn't there a crime scene? Well, they're not seeing this as criminal. Well, how do you know? I think this upsets not just the public, but for sure the families. In my experience, just in the last couple years, talking to families who have lost their loved ones, they want to know all aspects. They want to uncover every possibility. Let's find out what happened because they live in this limbo and it is pure hell for them. They don't know where their loved one is. Nicola's mom and dad are devastated. The family's devastated. The partner's devastated. And you have two young girls who are wondering where their mommy is. Every night they go to bed, it's not the same routine anymore. They don't have mommy. Where's mommy when she's coming home? And imagine the partner too. And I know there's been, I haven't seen too much of this yet, but I know there's been some attacks on Paul as well. But imagine him having to take care of the two little girls asking these questions when he's asking that himself and he can't give answers to these little girls. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And if Nicola is out there and she's in trouble and she's away from her baby, Let's get back to finding Nicola. I know there are a lot of you out there who live in the UK. Maybe you could spread this word too. Maybe this is the first time you heard of this story. But this story is real. Nicola is real. Her loved ones who are missing her desperately are real. And this isn't just some story to tell. There's a missing mom and she needs everyone's help. If you'd like to see more on this case, let me know below and let me know if you wanted me to dive into timeline. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.